This is How to Be a Mortgage Broker, where we investigate the mortgage topics you need to accelerate your business and become an expert in this dynamic industry. Hey, Jen. Hey, how you been? Pretty good. How's your week been this week? Uh, this week is uh, wet. It's I mean, I'm on Vancouver Island and it's October. So we had our first uh, big weather system come in. So it's it's nice and cozy and, and spooky and it's good. And um, I, I think it's kind of like the last purge of, of mortgages as well coming in because things mm-hmm. tend to slow down at Christmas. So yeah, busy, busy and and rainy, rainy. How about you? And spooky Halloween times. Yeah, it's almost, I like getting overcast and cloudy and gray skies around this time of year because you can cozy up and watch like a scary-ish movie. I don't like scary movies that much, but like, there's certain ones I can tolerate. <laughs> We've been captivated by, by Squid Game, which is just graphic and gory. Oh but. yeah, that's true. Did you finish it yet? I did. Yes, yes. Okay. It, it was, um, it, it's good. Yeah, I, I mean, Spoiler I don't want to give it any spoilers, yeah, but... Won't. But yeah, no, no, it was good. It's just, uh, and it's funny too, like, uh, you know, you can always pull up lessons to your, your real life. So it was, mm-hmm. uh, it was neat. I mean, ultimately it was money problems, you know, that got people there, which is just surreal yeah, and crazy. True. Uh, but it was neat. Um, my, my son picked up, um, pulled up the top Google, um, request cause you can actually do that cause he's techie and he goes to high school and he pulled <laughs> up, um, the, the number one Googled phrase was the, uh, currency exchange from the yuan currency to oh, is that right? Canadian or American. Yeah, because everyone is wondering how much in debt these people were yeah. in, in Canadian or US dollars. So it was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of debt and credit, I learned something new about Equifax this week. Ooh, do tell. They have a new process for how we're supposed to submit consumer investigation forms. Apparently, now we email or call customer service, then they email us with a link to one-time use form rather than faxing the form in like we were doing in the past. So yeah, this process quickly disputing something on the credit bureau, Jen, you taught me about so maybe you could explain why we as mortgage agents would would use this tool. Okay, so this is yeah, and this is actually really valuable. So for anyone that is new and looking to get into the industry, sometimes you'll do a mortgage and you'll get um, you'll get some feedback on a credit report that's either old or incorrect, or it's been taken care of, it just hasn't been reported because Equifax reports monthly, usually in the first week to 10 days of the next month. So we're always getting delayed feedback. But whenever you have a condition removal and you have purchase on the go, you have this outlet that you can use for quick fixes um, and and you can send it in. Uh, and it was funny because you went, you went that route, right? Because you wanted to fix this person's credit report. And it's something that we can, we can use as brokers. Yeah, because I don't know. And I'll follow up, I guess, next week to see how long it takes once I've submitted it now the way that they want to. Um, how long it will take for them to actually correct the the mistake or what happens next. We'll see. Mm-hmm. You'll let us know. That's great. I will. Yeah. So today we were going to talk about exam prep. And, um, you know, we've, we've gotten some information from some different provinces. We're in BC. So we'll start with with BC, I suppose. My information will be a lot more aged because I took it in 2010 and mm-hmm. you've just taken it. So I'm going to be interested in, in seeing how different it yeah. was. Um, it's still offered through the same place though, right? The yeah, Sauter Sonder, School of Business yeah, and UBC. it's correspondence and you still have a year to take it, right? Yeah. There's still a year uh, from the time that you sign up for you to take your exam. And it's 
$1,150 for the course. There's okay. So the, the textbook is huge. I was going to just weigh it because they don't act, they number each chapter. I remember when I first got the textbook, I added up how many pages it was total because there's no total page number. But so I almost was just going to say it weighs like 10 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> if you're just to imagine a book that weighs about approximately 10 pounds, you could use it, you know, to exercise after when you're done. Totally. Um, but yeah, so there's 21 chapters in total. It's a lot of material. It's pretty daunting. Um, mm-hmm. If you... Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I, and I think the way it's organized, the first couple chapters, if I remember, are very dry. It's a lot of yeah. um, like the, the legal side of things and and yeah. reference to, to different acts and numbers. And I remember being overwhelmed by that and also being really bored by the first couple of chapters. So oh, I think yeah. it might be yeah. structured just to root out the people who aren't serious about it in the beginning. Cause, cause the be- I remember the beginning being quite dry. Has it yeah. still, is it still the it same? Is. No. Yeah. You're totally right. It's the first chapter is fundamentals of law. Mm-hmm. Then it's uh, chapter two is the mortgage brokers act and professional ethics. And then the third chapter is what the purchaser buys estates and interests in land. Yeah, it's just it's pretty uh, law lawy. Yeah, beginning. you don't get and to then the it talks good, about like, liability. Mm-hmm. It you really don't get into the fun stuff until you know chapter twelve when you start talking about underwriting and borrower qualification and stuff yeah, like that and ratios and and that. Yeah, it's super dry at the beginning. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's probably just to to weed people out. So the the mm-hmm. UBC right now they have. Um, I don't know if you can go in live right now to the lectures. Probably you can at this point, but it's also pre there's recordings of it. So if you like learning that way, um, like you can read the chapters, you can also attend an online live session of, about that chapter, or they'll cover certain chapters. Um, or you can, yeah, so live or a pre recorded one. So there's some options there for different learning styles or, you know, combinations of learning styles if you want to really get the stuff in your brain. I definitely found the um, the online recordings helpful for the for, for the dry chapters because mm-hmm. it was just nicer to watch somebody talk about it rather than reading it. Um, but, I mean, you do end up reading it too as well. But anyways, so for each chapter, essentially there's an assignment. And the way that they, they structure the course is that you can only uh, submit two assignments per week and you have to submit all of your assignments to the end before you can book your exam. So the quickest you could probably complete the course would be three months. And that yeah. would be if you got the got your book and you were submitting two assignments a week every week and then scheduling your exam right away and writing it. So um, mm-hmm. so yeah, and that's, that's a change that they've done because I remember in my day there wasn't you didn't, you didn't have certain assignments that you had to submit. It was just like a worksheet and you, you went through it on your own, but they did change that for real estate agents too. Um, so they must've done the sweeping change just to, mm-hmm. just to stop people from flying through it, you know, too fast and not, not retaining it. So that that's excellent. Yeah. That's great that they changed that in my opinion. Yeah. I kind of liked it cause it sort of forces you to stick to a routine and a plan of, you know, what you're, what you're going to do as you move throughout the course. 
they've got a lot of videos just on using the calculator and stuff too, which is, I found really helpful in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Just trust that it will seem daunting at the beginning, but through repetition, it will, it will be become second nature. So don't worry too much about that. And then, um, yeah, the exam, it's a hundred multiple choice questions that you have three hours to complete. And like you said, they still do it. So you can go to Vancouver and get your exam results like the next day mm-hmm. if you go there and do the test. But they also have um, proctored exams in different towns all over BC where, it, you know, it's it's not as frequent. I think it's probably once every few months, well, at least in yeah, Canada. I think it's I think it was quarterly, uh, okay. if I remember yeah, correctly. Makes- yeah. Yeah. And how, so if, so if you're telling people who are looking at getting the exam, so we, we've gone over, you know, the cost of it and the intention to do it and kind of a couple of warnings, but what would you, what would you do as, as someone who's just written it? What would you recommend for, for studying and, and habits to, to pass mm. it and to be successful? I think ever, ever, people have different studying styles. Like I know that I have a different studying style from university because I was one of those people that was on the, you know, sixth floor silent study areas like I couldn't and I still had headphones in or earplugs um, because <laughs> noise really bothered me when I was studying so yeah um, I That's funny because I'm the opposite if I could chime in so when I <laughs> when I did it uh, yeah I, I had two little ones at home they were six and three and so and my husband at the time was working away two weeks at a time so of course when he was home it was kind of party time dad's home let's have fun but when he was gone it was every night I would study uh, and I would put them to bed at eight at night and then eight from 11 p.m. eight to 11 p.m. was my study time and I oh did my it gosh. for three months and I did the course in three months and it was just go time like I was ready I knew I wanted to get back into the workforce and I had my banking you know experience and and my accounting training so it was good but it's funny when we, were, we talked about this before and that I I need background music for some weird reason maybe it's because I had two little kids but I would put on the tv <laughs> in the background and it wouldn't be anything I'd pay attention to but I remember it being it was like dancing with the stars and so I would have <laughs> these like dancers in the background and I'd be studying doing my practice tests you know and it was it was cozy and it was was good and it was just my method and I bet it would drive you crazy but oh, it worked yeah. for me <laughs> you know you just got to find what works for you I think oh I think you're so it's so funny because yeah everything that you just said would like I would fail and I would take <laughs> five years to do it first of all I'm in bed by like eight thirty yeah. nine <laughs> so that like studying at that time I can't even imagine it but um and yeah and the quietness I split up every chapter and I wrote down how many pages was in each chapter. And then I went into the practice exam uh, booklet that they give you. And in there, they have it split up by section how many practice questions there were. Mm-hmm. So I I did this thing where, and I don't know if, if this was smart to do or not, but it, I did pass the exam on the first try. So um, <laughs> I correlated like how many questions and how many pages there were by chapter to try to like gauge the importance of those chapters, if that makes sense. Wow, so, that's like in, that's intense. Good job. <laughs> and then, so then I made sure when I when I created my own practice exams with the mm-hmm. because they give you a ton of practice exam questions, but they're they're all in a weird order. So I would mm-hmm. pick ones from certain chapters and create my own one hundred question exams that I did at different phases of my studying to see how I was coming along. And then, and then when I was finished studying all the chapters. I did three of these exams that I made, you know, from the questions in the book. And Mm -hmm. I had, and again, like I put the number of questions that I guessed would be 
that I'd be From getting tested on. Were you I surprised do, at how many questions were referred to the act and, and the mortgage broker act? Cause I remember that took me aback. Yes, I was. And I was really surprised that there were, like, I really spent a lot of time on some of the more comp- complicated um, math questions. Mm-hmm. Like, I really dug deep into the, some of those really complicated ones, like ones where uh, people are making payments at different times and how that affects the amortization and their end payment, those kinds of ones. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there was one question on that in the exam. But um and yeah, there were, there were fewer calculations than I had anticipated, but I was super prepared. So I don't think I got any of the math questions wrong, probably. But but the the ones and, and as far as the act and yeah, I I completely agree. I found it exactly the same. I was I was like, oh, you know, you thought you, you kind of almost expect it to be just the the guts of the financing part and the calculations yeah. and the and the ratios and 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 that. But um, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. It took me by surprise, too. So, yeah, I still got through. But, yeah, and there was definitely a couple of, you know, BC Form 10. That's going to be on there for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and so yeah. let's talk about that for a sec. So for those of you across Canada that have that don't know what the Form 10 is, it, it's, it's relatively, I don't want to say it's new, because we had a Form 10 and a Form 11 back in the day. And then they eliminated the Form 11, and now it's the Form 10, but they completely revamped it. And, um, and, and it's such, it's an important document and and people who do files in BC, if you don't, if you're not trained on it, you absolutely have to get it signed and you even get it signed before the transaction even takes place. Like before you even have your approval, they they ask you to get it signed as soon as possible. And it's, it's basically disclosing if there's a conflict of interest in the transaction. So it, it tells the client who, how much the brokerage is going to get by way of commissions or, or anything else, you know, points, bonuses, you have to disclose everything as well as your commission that you're going to get or anyone who is involved in the transaction, their interest in it. So mm-hmm. super important form. I mean, when yeah. you guys are studying for the BC course in particular, pay, pay a lot of attention to that because that's, yes. that's, yeah, it, very, it, it very will important. come in handy down the road. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think circle back to the study. I, for me, I just made a study plan. So what, how many chapters I was going to cover each week, uh, how many assignments I was going to complete, which ones they were. And then mm-hmm. I scheduled my exam as soon as I made my study plan so that I had to stick to it. Don't Awesome. Keep yourself accountable. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just book the book your exam and then you have to, cause it's, it's one of those things you have a whole year, so don't drag it out. Just get it done. It's not going to, I agree. Yeah. And don't go away from it. Don't, don't get overwhelmed and park the books yeah. for a couple of weeks. Cause it's really hard to get back into it. I'm the same as you. I mean, I, I'm a very linear learner, so start to finish, I would probably panic if I jumped around in chapters because that's just the way my brain works. I'd think, oh my God, I'm missing something important. So it was like right from page one all the way to the end and then every chapter doing the practice and then anything I got wrong, going back and just doing the wrong ones. That yeah. That's how I did it. Yeah, and um, And then at the end, you know, the last week or so before your exam, just going over the ones I got wrong essentially that's that's kind of what I what I targeted but whatever works for you I mean we're all adults so you got to know what works to you by now and there's so many exam tips and stuff online and I know in university they they used to say like mock do a mock exam with similar conditions and then so there are these fast track courses they're offered by private companies they cost extra money you still have to register for your course regardless like Mm -hmm. because that's what's approved through the regulating bodies, but there are these guaranteed that you're going to pass, they cost extra money, they might do the so they, they basically take the course, and they do what we're suggesting that you do yourself, which is, you know, 
figure out what's important, come up with the keywords, find your areas of focus and and that. So I know that there's talk of that, you know, people people do do that. They spend the extra money. I personally wouldn't do it. They had them at my university when I went there and I remember I did take one. They called them like exam prep courses. And they were usually like $500 mm-hmm. or maybe even more. I can't remember. I don't know. And the reason why I did it was because I wasn't ready for the exam and it was coming up and I what you know, I, I wasn't up to date on the material. Like I was just kind of panicking and I thought it was sort of like my Hail Mary. Um, and it didn't even help. Like I remember sitting there, I was exhausted because it was like a 10 hour thing and it was expensive. Intense, and yeah. I just kept looking at the people who were running it and I thought, wow, like they're smart because <laughs> they're going to make so much money. I'm looking around at the poor <laughs> students surrounding me, all of which are as unprepared as I am probably for this upcoming exam. And I thought, well, you know, at least some, the only people benefiting from this really are the the students who are running it. And I think, yeah, so that's up to you. If you, if that's something that you're interested, I'm sure you, you can Google it uh, or go on Facebook and there's tons of people that are going to offer you that, but just, if you can't figure this out on your own, <laughs> honestly, like you're gonna have to. There's a lot of figuring out and st- and stuff like that in this job. So, I I think you should think seriously about just trying to do it on your own. I agree. I I, I think you know to keep the professionalism in this job. Like I, I'm really really an advocate for that for for acting professional and being professional. I mean, and what are you gonna advise on if you've taken a weekend course and yeah. they jammed it down your throat? You know. It's really important that you know that because it's just a base. And like you said, when you start doing the job, it's so huge and you learn so much on top of what you learned in the course. So having the course and knowing the course and and not just fast tracking it to pass it is, is, I think, I think... I mean, I, I have opinions, of course. It's it's great that it's there for people, but you got to learn it. You got to retain it. Yeah, there's value in, in taking the time. Yeah, and, I think and you're right. The and then, yeah, so just real quick in Ontario, there's a remake that that's a I'm actually signed up for that course right now, too, because I'm going to get my license in Ontario as well. Um, it's six months to complete. After you register, you have two attempts at the exam. You can do them online or in person in Toronto. Uh, once you have your certificate, you have two years to get hired by a broker. Yeah, and I've heard that the Ontario course, it's heavy on case study materials, like 80% are these really long mm-hmm. scenarios that you've got to read through and figure out what the best answer is. And I've also read and heard some people saying that it's, you know, 5% calculation. So again, like heavier on the scenarios and probably the law and a little bit less on the calculations, but they're definitely going to still be there. So, and then you've got some information about the Alberta one, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually debating getting licensed in Alberta too. And so just looking into it, there's two courses that you need to finish there. Uh, the combined cost is about 3000. So at this point in time, it is one of the heavier invested Mm -hmm. courses for sure. And there's a fundamentals course and a practice course that you need to to go through. Um, it's very regulated too, whenever the, the course is offered through RECA and they, it's great that it's regulated too, but, uh, there's some really strict advertising, uh, criteria in Alberta too. Mm-hmm. So I just want to throw that out there for people. You can't, once you are, you know, licensed and set up, just really be cognizant of that. And I know we're going to talk about that later on in a different podcast, but, um, what you can and cannot do when you advertise, it's, it's yeah. incredibly strict yeah. okay. in Alberta. And then we have another girl on our team who's who's uh, doing the Quebec one, which is exciting because she's going to be the first one on our team of what mm-hmm. seventy one people. 
who's going to be licensed in Quebec. So now we won't have to source out our, any referrals we get from, from that province. And as we all know, as Canadians, Quebec is just a beast of their own. So, and quite a few um, different steps uh, to get licensed there, oh, but yeah, it'll be worth it, it in the end. For sure. For her. And she's completely bilingual and she's from there. So she's got a lot of contacts and connections. There's a course it's $1,200. You take the exam. Once you pass the exam, you have to do another one. And then after that one's done, there's a 12-week probation before you get your license. And that's after you've joined a brokerage, I'm assuming. So Quebec always mm-hmm. does things their own way. And she was laughing because she, <laughs> I think she wanted to scan and send in her docs. And, and they said, no, you have to oh, mail gosh. it. So she had to go to the post office, put it in an envelope, oh, like the stamp, everything. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's really different. Maybe that's why no one else on our team well, is maybe licensed there. Hey, just, I, I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that she's doing that. So that's kind of a little bit about the exam process uh, in Canada-ish. We didn't cover some of the other provinces, but yeah, so basically your first step once you decide that you're going to do this is take the course, as we're saying, you write the exam, and then the next step after that is actually to get hired. So, and the reason why you have to get hired is because you need a designated individual who's going to hold your license, essentially. So that's how you get your license. You can't just write your exam and then apply for a license yourself. You need to do it under the designated individual. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. So you're not, uh, and in BC, again, getting back to what you can call yourself too, and advertising, and that is you, once you pass this sub broker test, you're not a mortgage broker, you're a mortgage sub broker. And so you need to have your license and operate under a brokerage. So you get these big brokerage houses and they have, they hold trust accounts. They can receive your commissions because you can never receive it directly to yourself. And, and you're, you're right there. There's a designated individual course that they offer, um, especially in BC, but, but you and I have the same designated individual who is essentially just, you know, making sure that we're abiding by all the rules and, and the laws and, and acting ethically and, you know, it kind of everything they're they're on the line for us and um and they're part of the brokerage where we work and so under there is and and that's who you seek out whenever you get your passing mark so as soon as you know you've passed or even beforehand i mean when did you start shopping i started as soon as i wrote my exam i'm really glad that you brought that up because we're gonna we're gonna have to do a whole separate podcast on just that how to interview brokerages and sort of the top five things that you're going to be looking for and questions to ask because that's because it's so important making that that next from someone who's paid money to switch every single time yes it's nice (laughs) to find a good home right off the bat yeah and we'll have tips too before we get into that about choosing your brokerage and still you know staying independent as well which is also important in the event that you do end up switching which happens yes yes exactly so what you might not expect we had yeah, so we've covered, you know, taking the course and writing the exam. We're going to cover looking into getting hired down the road. But some things that you might not be aware of that is going to happen and be required of you is, I mean, do people know that they're going to do a criminal record check? Because sometimes mm-hmm. that can take you aback. So there's a criminal record check that's done. Uh, there's also a credit bureau that's mm-hmm. pulled. So you need to disclose if you've had, you know, bankruptcy or any, or any issues and, and you do want to get your credit in, in good order. Cause you're going to be advising people on credit. So you gotta, you know, 
walk the talk. And then, um, I mean, you, when you fill out your application, they ask you where you've lived and where you've worked for the last 10 years. So, you know, you're, they do a deep dive on you personally. So be ready for that. Um, make sure everything's clean. And I think that kind of leads into our golden nugget of info that we're going to yes. have for this podcast. So go ahead. What's our tip for this golden podcast? Golden nugget. Mm-hmm. This was Jen's golden nugget idea. And I think it's so smart because a lot of people might not think about this, especially this early on. And that's your Facebook, your social media profile. Clean it up. Yes. They, they, you're, they're going to look at your Facebook profile. And I mean, so are potential clients when, when you get licensed and stuff like that. But never mind that. Right now, you want to clean it up your whole social media situation so that you are coming across as professional and... Yeah. yeah or even, yeah, I, I mean, you don't want to muzzle anyone, but even just super strong opinions or, you know, yeah. swearing or comments or anything, just, you know, they're going to do a deep dive on you. So just be prepared and, and take the time to go through some of your social media and just make sure it's, you know, it would represent the brokerage well, because that's what they're looking for. Right. Yeah. Ultimately. And you don't have to be friends with all your clients. I mean, I, I struggle with that because I put a lot of personal photos on of my boys because my family's out of province and and that so but you know our president of our company has friended me on facebook so it helps me just to be a little a little bit of a reminder like oh yeah you know you're you're representing them as well um so so keep that in mind and that's i think that's a great golden nugget for today just tidy up that social media because your footprint they're gonna find it and and it'll come come to light yeah that's that's great that's a great way to end off Thanks, Jen. Yeah, thank you. I hope you have a great week and I can't wait to dive into the next one. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to How to Be a Mortgage Broker podcast. If you have suggestions for upcoming episodes or would like to be featured on the show, please email jamie at mortgagesbyjamie.com. That's J-A-M-I-E at mortgagesbyjamie.com. You can find me, Jamie, on the daily brokering out of Kamloops, BC. Jen Marks is based out of Vancouver Island, where her career is thriving as she's raising her family, enjoying the beauty of the nature that surrounds her there. If you like the podcast, please click subscribe and rate us on Apple or iTunes. 